Hi, folks. Um, this is Apple Treats, uh, episode 22nd. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's a lot. Hello, Vladimir. Hello, everyone. Hello. We, we planned this episode to be probably short, uh, since there were, there were not too much news to cover. Um, I think we were wrong, but time will tell. Uh, we call, we, when we planned this episode, we called it betas and education. So like probably we need to scratch that and like say releases and education, but, uh, we'll yeah, see. And a lot of news. Yeah. Yeah. And we have first comment for, for this show. Uh, hello from Belarus. Yes. Hello, Belarus. Um, nice to see you here. And, um, yeah. And everybody who are watching us live, just put your comments, questions into, uh, into the chat. We will try to cover them during the, uh, during this episode. And, uh, I think we need to start with the promises which we made previously. Um, I promised to test new parallel build system integration with Dexcode and I did it. <laughs> um, so what's how, how it is? Is it so? Good? Um, yeah, let's let's start with good news. So it works, and it gives you uh, some performance boost, and this boost is repeatable. I mean, that was not the like um, uh, like error in the in the in the settings or something. So each time I tried, like I did clean builds, I deleted everything, I reinstalled the packages and everything. And so I did a couple of times, and what I see is like one to two seconds gain on each build for relapse, which uh, usually take from uh, like 14 seconds to build to like uh, 30 seconds to build. So it's uh, like not too big ups. And I used my uh, Intel Mac, which is probably considered now as some ancient device. Um, but course. yeah, so... <laughs> right yeah so we can use it for heating uh we have cold winters so it helps with uh, keeping temperature higher here but so it consistently better and uh, the bills actually working it, at least it seems so uh, but um, these improvements are not that critical for me i mean um i don't say that like this one second definitely changed much for me so we need to try this on uh, in uh, Apple Silicon, Max, and that probably might uh, be something different. Okay, <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, there is an improvement, but can't say I'm impressed uh, having this on my um, Intel machine. So, so we can say that it was good and before, but now it's a little bit better. So no, so such a lot of room for improvement. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And we will try to test that on the, um, on uh, Apple Silicon Max. Uh, we will try to get some uh, insights from the guys who already use that for their uh, regular day-to-day -day jobs. Okay. So it's and... time for our usual uh, part of our <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, it's not yeah. a better review today. So now it's release review. Right, and I actually have these releases here on uh, on 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 a couple of my devices which I use day to day, and I'm even running that uh, this podcast from the Mac, which is updated to um, uh, twelve point one. So, uh, what can I say? Like, 
having these updates for almost a day. Um, they are quite good in terms of uh, the almost no problems with that. And um, we, we, we will uh, put Xcode for the later. So we will talk about Xcode a little bit later, but uh, let, let's focus on the, on the releases. So what, what, what's, what's new? Well, basically up privacy report is uh, here and uh, it's enabled and you can check your applications uh, in terms of what uh, sites they contact and how often. So you, for example, we can check if your application sends data to some undisclosed location somewhere or whatever, or it just uses Apple services for something. So um, the report seems to be working fine. I'm not quite sure will it track, for example, if the application uses some kind of um, low-level socket connections. Uh, we probably might need to check that. Um, but it shows, for example, if application uses Google services or um, uh, Amazon services, you will see like a lot of uh, traffic uh, going to, to domains which are um, corresponding to those. And for example, like every application which uses Firebase as uh, um, their backend, some somewhat backend, you will see that in the in the app privacy report too. So that's a good thing, and uh, it's a little bit hidden. So you need to go to into the settings like to privacy and look for the app and like check those reports. But that's still nice, and at least you can basically see how often and how much the data is sent. It, you will not see the data itself, but you will basically see how uh, how often the app contacts uh, those uh, hosts. It's a good moment for enabling SSL pinning services because now people would like to know what you're seeing yeah. from this hex. And they will probably start more experimenting with that. Yeah, they will see the domain names and they will try to like check that. And uh, that's a lot easier to see now. Um, one thing which I did not expect is the uh, new languages for Siri on HomePod and uh, tvOS. Uh, we heard that there will be Dutch language uh, that was in the news, but we didn't hear about Russian language. And uh, basically, you have Russian language on uh, HomePod right now, and you have it on tvOS too. Interestingly, you can have Russian language only in uh, Russia region for... Um, only this combination works. So you cannot say set Russian language, but different region. That's weird <laughs> but uh, okay we, we we can we can think that this might be improved in the future but it's still nice to have better support for russian languages for uh russian speaking uh speaking users so it's interesting at, le at least interesting that that might be just some promo campaign for russia um <laughs> yeah well <laughs> if you if you initially it was said support yeah. of russian language come to russia yeah <laughs> well uh, we'll see. I mean, that probably might mean that the home ports will be sold in Russia officially soon, and uh, we, you will not need to order that from the US or from other locations as you had to do previously. But we'll see. Um, what's uh, what's next? Uh, so there are legacy contacts added in uh, these updates. So you basically can designate somebody who will take care of your Apple ID in case you pass away. That was announced on WWDC, and this feature now comes to um, to releases on on of the platforms. So probably you, yeah, you probably need to do that. You have to spend some time on like setting these things up. That like, 
we, we know that that might be uninteresting to do, but still, like, it's not too not too long to set up. So, like, please do. Um, one more thing. So, Apple Music Voice Plan is added there, but um, it's available in select countries. Uh, so, and I already have actually music on my account, so I can't check that how it works. I saw a couple of uh, reports how the uh, Apple Music app looks like. It's basically empty, so you have to use Siri for uh, almost everything. So if you're uh, interested in having music uh, for quite cheap, so it's, uh, I believe it's five bucks per month in US or something like that, and um, that's probably a good, uh, good value if you are using HomePods and you're already communicating with uh, music by Siri. But However, probably if Apple Music itself... Or... 200 bucks on uh, a HomePod, like big HomePod. Mm, um, I'm not sure that can... yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, like you probably will already have Apple One. I mean, like I don't know the percentage now. We we might have uh, some feedback on in terms of like if somebody knows uh, how many users use um, Apple One, but it's still better to have it bundled. For example, uh, like, you, like you have music, you have TV, you have arcade, you have um, fitness, uh, and uh, in some countries you have news and iCloud storage. Yeah, so it's like the, this bundle is pretty nice, actually. I have a sad story about this. So last week okay. I found that I paid twice. For some reason, so I have Apple One Premiere uh, enabled, and uh, also for my family, I had two terabytes iCloud plan. I thought, okay, everything is fine, should work. However, uh, I found that uh, I found two two items in my like a crazy card uh, report. So one from Apple One Premiere and another one from uh, iCloud. So I started digging, what's going on, why, and then I found that. To make it work, to link your so yeah, just uh, getting back a little bit. So I have two different accounts: one for uh, iTunes and another one for uh, iCloud. So it's one on like old Gmail uh, uh, address. Another one. I thought, oh, I want to have uh, Apple at me. Uh, com uh, email. So I thought, oh, it would be so cool. So I have two accounts now. That's. It's not so useful right now, but yeah, I found that to make it work properly, you need to open settings of your Apple One subscription and say which one will use uh, like this extended iCloud storage. So that was unexpected, but they, uh, being honest, automatically they send me money back from uh, this okay, uh, nice. iCloud storage. So that was good. And um, by the way, there is one more thing interesting here. Um, if you're, for example, you uh, you got the premier account and you have uh, two terabytes, and for some reason that's not enough, and that could be, for example, if you have a lot of photos and you use uh, something like DSLR where you prefer to store raw files, or like you shoot something in ProRes or whatever, like you you can you can spend that uh, that amount. Uh, you can purchase uh, the subscription, like the Apple One with two terabytes, and you can also purchase additionally two terabytes for you. So you will have four terabytes. And it seems that like every uh, family member also can purchase additionally um, uh, like iCloud Store. So you can increase your total amount uh, like, when needed. Terabytes. 
Well, uh, that's that's. Uh, I don't know, like, if those will merge into one single storage for everybody. That's something I would like to check. But uh, your storage, like, if you will have like two terabytes plus two terabytes, those will be merged and they will be spread for for the family. So, um, interestingly, um, so again, like, if you if you need more, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. If, okay. if someone has such experience, just share it with us in comments. It would be interesting to hear what you're doing with all that storage. <laughs> right. Yeah. You probably need to use some like, really storage-heavy apps. And let's get back to developers. Um, so uh, there was no not just the operating system released, but there's there was also Xcode thirteen point two, which and like the main feature review... is. Back deployment of structured concurrency. Yes, that's something we all waited for. And it's in release. The problem is that you shouldn't be installing release from the App Store. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's broken. And uh, that was confirmed um, by Apple on developer, developer forums. And also that is now confirmed in the release notes too. So please just update, uh, uh, download this from the uh, developer apple.com slash download there you will have a link uh there you where you will spend probably an hour of downloading the file and then probably a couple of hours of uh, unpacking that especially if you're running every time when you need to update your xcode it's much more safe yeah yeah well i i actually wanted app store version to work uh i was unlucky of to, to, to get that, yes, if you download from the App Store, it doesn't work. I I, I saw that myself on my, my machine. So <laughs> how, how this happens? So what's going on when you're trying to run it? Um, so when you try to build an app, it basically immediately says that it cannot find um, uh, module definition files uh, for a Swift package. Uh, and it basically prevents you from building. And there is nothing you can do. Uh, you can delete uh, derived data, you can clean, it still shows the same error. And uh, it seems that's the problem with Xcode rather than the project. And when you get the version from the Apple side, it works perfectly, it just basically builds and everything is working okay. So, well, that's basically, uh, probably you might need to get one of those tools which can download these um, Xcode releases faster. Uh, there are a couple of scripts which use uh, multiple download streams, which improve the process. But the 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 unpacking will still be quite long, probably. <laughs> At least for me. I mean, like it spent it took too much time, and for some reason it needed up to one hundred uh, gigabytes of free space on my MacBook. I don't know why. The I mean, temperature it's... in your room for two degrees Celsius. Yeah, that 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 was also yeah. I, I, and I, I like basically and the no noise from the from this again like ancient device was quite significant. So um, the back deployment is there. You can do that, and it's uh, released. So you basically now can uh, start uh, deploying these apps and like basically targeting uh, previous iOS releases. So probably will see something happening here in terms of how successful that, uh, these back deployments are. It might be that something will go wrong, but I hope everything will be working fine because we definitely need to change our mindset uh, to use the new uh, concurrency features now, especially when 
uh, new like distributed actors will come into play, and uh, that's that would be something which we will be using. So, and like we we, we need to be adjusted for that. So it's, it should be something which we do every day. So let's 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 try to use those and deploy those to previous uh, um, platforms if needed. Yeah, if you were waiting for some sign, it's it. So just just do this. Check how it works. <laughs> it's it, it it really changed your mind how to work with asynchronous code, and that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So and one more thing for people. So yeah. it's not 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 on everything. So as far as I remember, now in Xcode thirteen point two, you can run projects from like Swift, oh yeah Swift Playground four projects, and that's cool. I believe. Which is not yet released as far as, as I checked, but probably it will be released quite soon. So we need to expect that happening like probably any day now, maybe even today. I mean, who knows? Um, and, and we if you were might... waiting for sign yeah. to start using SwiftUI, at least just do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again. And by the way, uh, if uh, yeah, we will talk about the education a little bit later, but uh, it Probably the, the this particular tool you need to download it already. I mean that's something uh, you can show uh, somebody like your kids or like uh, kids of your friends, whatever. Like this oh is life. something which is, or yeah, for those who are not familiar with development, the Swift Playgrounds is something really good to start with. But we will like talk about that a little bit later, and we need to probably speed up a bit. <laughs> okay, so have... just just blitz. So. Yeah. iOS 15 adoption is now 58% early. So it's yeah, not too not too fast. Two two months since the release or more. Uh, like, but yeah, but on? that was kind of expected. I mean, I mean, they, their idea of not forcing the iOS 15 update probably like contributes to that. And um, now, as far as as I can see, they um, promoting the iOS 15 update. So the, basically, there is something showing like, yeah, now it's now it's the time. Basically, previously it was like if you have iOS 14, it showed iOS 14 something, and uh, only small line on, on the bottom like saying like, yeah, and yes, there is something called iOS 15 now. So this is switched, and I kind of expect this adoption rate to grow, and um, we'll see. But now, yeah, it's like just below the 60% according way, to this panel. Do we want all our uh, users to be upgraded to uh, iOS 15? Do we have something like critical except structured concurrency? Oh, and the structured concurrency is now working on the iOS 14, yes. by the way. Uh, the only thing I can like I can think of is um, SharePlay, which is available only on the iOS 15. And... Uh, but not all apps using that, so probably fair to say that um, if you do the apps as of now, probably you need to keep iOS 14 in mind. So it's uh, it's not like everybody is already on the iOS 15. So yeah, yeah you, you, you will have to. Huge changes, huge set of changes between 14 and 15. So I really do not understand why people, except us, of course, we are geeks, so they need to update. As far as I know, right. my wife yeah. still uh, hasn't updated her uh, iPhone to the new version. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so she contributes to that low uh, adoption yes. rate right now. <laughs> yes, yes, she is. Yeah. Okay. okay. What's happening um, in courts? 
Yeah, so um, Epic versus Apple is still uh, in courts. Um, Apple had to make changes to um, uh, store uh, review guidelines to allow um, like uh, third-party payments. And there are two news here. So first of all, they granted the permission to stay, basically do nothing until the appeal court is finished. So uh, there are no changes and you still cannot use any third-party payment systems in App Store apps. So like in iOS apps, you, you have to use in-app purchases for all the digital content. And there are a couple of exceptions on where you can use um, other payments, but those are quite limited and you need to check the guidelines in, uh, for, for that. But there is another thing which comes from the documents from the court. And that basically says that Apple still plan to, even if these uh, will be permitted by the court, I mean, if, if you will be able to use third-party payment system, Apple still plans to take commission for that payments made through external payment systems. So um, it's not clear how exactly they will calculate the amount which like basically users spend through external systems. But this means that Apple will still need some ways of how to um, properly check those uh, payments and uh, they will get their cut. That might be not the 30% or 15, but they will still uh, target that for some amount. And you will need to add probably the cut which will external payment system take, which is usually the case if you're using some third party and uh, therefore, it might be like less beneficial to use external system for the payments rather than using Apple's. And by the okay. way, for those who are like screaming, like why they are taking the the, the commission, they said to allow that. Yes, uh, the court uh, ruled to allow uh, external uh, payments, but the court does not said that these external payments will go without the commission. So Apple, according to the court, uh, like the first ruling on the court they are allowed to take commission for the payments made through the external uh, payment systems. So this is totally in the decision of the court. So like, again, they are executed. Yeah, in this way. Yeah. By the way, I'm just, it would be just a funny thing what you can do. So you open this external uh, payment system and then press uh, their button, pay with Apple Pay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and by the way, like why I'm... Uh, why I'm thinking that this might be like a big problem. I'm, I, I don't like to put my uh, credit card number somewhere. And um, even like uh, uh, when when I see like online shop or like store or whatever, I would prefer using Apple Pay rather than put my uh, payment credentials there because that's something like who knows what will be, where it will get. And uh, even if they're like storing them maybe properly, but they could be hacked. And um, therefore, it's something um, like Apple Pay or using like in-app purchases for the digital content. It's much safer for me. I mean, like I'm, I'm trusting that much more than uh, some other payment provider which could be using my data improperly. And I can't can't control that when I, when I put the number and uh, everything is sent to the server. I, I no longer control that data. And... Uh, if I use Apple Pay, I can basically terminate the card or like the token. Basically, it's it's the token which is can be renewed, and um, the new token will be created, and uh, you're pretty much safe here. Let's appeal to people's laziness. So it's just too boring to enter these sixteen digits, then check your CVC uh, expiration. That it's so 
boring stuff. Just yeah, I hate this. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Thanks to one password, I can do this. That's that's really uh, awesome. And even now with the integration between, like, with these new Safari extensions for uh, yeah. Safari, that become really really impressive when you can just choose it from the list and it's, it works simultaneously and that's really cool but still it's sometimes some sites they do not properly handle uh, all the numbers probably like a expiration date and once or yeah. twice i met such websites i just put yeah fill it everything is okay pay oh wrong expiration date come on and uh, again i think like you need uh, having the small business program um, um for the app store you still need to like consider if you really, really want to go with all these external uh, payments, even if they are, uh, they are allowed. Because it might be that the users uh, will not be going for this external payment system because of the problems. And you will basically, uh, you will not be able to sell something. So because the users like, ah, no, I, I won't be doing that. And they would still prefer to do one button uh, payment within the app. And I don't Probably know. Who wants to, to save some money? Okay, go on. That's, that's yeah. up to them. Okay. Yeah, let's move so, on. Okay, so if we are talking about trying a new parallel build on M1, now, thanks to Amazon, we have such an option. So not only Mac Stadium now, but also Amazon EC2, you can uh, choose as your target machine and one Mac Mini. Sounds really right. promising. Yeah, um, unfortunately, only M1 Mac Mini because we do not have uh, M1 Pro or M1 Max Mac Minis yet. But uh, that's still still a good thing to try. And um, if you are doing like builds on some uh, external system or used Mac Stadium or whatever, you might consider using Amazon. Uh, you will need to check like what's the fi financially better for you. And you can use uh, clouds, uh, cloud systems to run builds there. That might be um, like beneficial for you. And if you are already using external systems for the builds, you might try to switch to M1 because that might be cheaper, specifically cheaper because of the um, of the price and of the performance. It's like you will you will basically spend less computing time for the for the builds. That might be like significant improvement for you. Yeah. And I'm sure you can create these instances on demand and then it would be just so if you need it, just run it and then uh, remove it. I'm not sure that this right. works like uh, this for M1 Mac Mini, but yeah, we need to check because yeah, that makes So you don't need your, I don't know, CI building node running uh, uh, at night. Why do you need this? No. So you can just True. down it and everything will be fine. True. However, this is not everything that uh, Amazon uh, offers us. So they announced that they're going to release their uh, AWS SDK for Swift soon. So and this this sounds really promising. So now you can you have M1 Mac Mini in EC2. You have this uh, this SDK to just connect uh, your applications with other services of Amazon. And that sounds really amazing. So it's really, really close for Swift to become a first-class citizen for cloud development. Not so cool as True. other languages, but still it works this way and sounds yeah. really amazing. 
And by the way, they support a new async await syntax for the asynchronous calls there. So, um, like, why not to try learning that now? Because that might help you not with just the iOS apps, but maybe you will be doing something on the cloud as well. I mean, um, you already can use Swift on AWS Lambda and uh, having the Swift SDK for those Lambdas, that will significantly improve the access to other services. I don't know, like DynamoDB or S3 file storage or whatever. So you, you can use everything from the which uh, available on the Amazon, well, maybe not everything, but a lot of services available for you on um, AWS. You can use that from the Swift natively, like having this as your app and use new syntax and uh, like use one language for your uh, mobile app or desktop app or your cloud app. So this is um, this brings us to our next topic, probably. You need to learn Swift. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, yeah, I don't know, but we'll try. So um, there is another um, uh, update from Apple, and they are teaming up with Boys and Girls Clubs of America to teach kids how to code. And uh, this will be a long-term uh, um Partnership, and they are starting with some select locations in a couple of cities, uh, but they will expand that through U.S. locations later. But most importantly, they will probably use a lot this uh, Swift Playgrounds uh, tool, which is, uh, well, it all started initially like on iPad as a tool to uh, teach kids how to write Swift from like simple things like you using finger to select comments, you, you guide it. Um, you, you helped somebody to go through the maze or something like that. There was simple, interesting uh, task, and the, the tasks increased in complexity, and you basically were learning Swift on your iPad, which is nice. Uh, and now we are coming to the point where you will be able to create Swift UI apps on your iPad in Swift Playgrounds and deploy those to App Store. So like quite a long way from the first version to the fourth release of the Swift Playgrounds. It's just because uh, these people who started this from the first version of Swift Playground app, they want more now. They are ready. To yeah, yeah, and now they. <laughs> yeah, and so basically, you initially it was like uh, you you will get your kid iPad. Uh, hopefully, he will uh, he or she will learn how to code, and then you will need to provide uh, them with the uh, MacBook. Um, probably not anymore. Uh, you can stick with the. Uh, with an iPad, and I mean, I, I'm just trying to remember how I was uh, teaching, uh, learning the development, and uh, that was quite a long ago, and um, there were no iPads at the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was some uh, some machines when you need tape cassettes uh, to load games, and yes, well, I mean, like why why exactly you would need a computer at the time? And by the way, it was um. It was before uh, of the availability of the gaming consoles, um, like NES machines, which were like, and probably in the country I lived, it was not like NES machines. Those were clones of the NES machines and unofficial clones. But uh, even before that, there were computers, like basically you, you could buy a computer to home. And there were games uh, sold on the cassettes, which you like, you, you will hopefully your... Uh, uh, tape player will not uh, destroy the cassette. It, that also happens a lot. So there was like a lot of stuff happening at that time, and there was a yeah, good old times. And now you can start learning uh, development on your iPad. That's 
yeah, watching watching YouTube at the same moment uh, in playing yeah. in fiction picture. <laughs> yeah, I remember like that's in different. my case. <laughs> I, I I just started, when you started talking about uh, passing mazes in Swift Playground, I started remembering that in my school we had uh, at lessons of uh, like informatics lessons, and there we had the same. I don't remember the name of this program. We had this uh, like a, it's also there where just you can build a maze and write a program to learn uh, the robot to uh, to pass this maze. That was yeah, it's nothing changed. Just another language, yeah. but this language is now more close to to things that we are doing. Okay, we have now structure concurrency and all this stuff, but still it's the same language. But it's still Swift. Yeah, yeah, that's really that's, cool. That's really, really, really nice. I mean, um, if you're thinking about like uh, about your kids, like uh, if they want to go into the IT to the development, or like you're uh, somebody not kids but somebody who are not into the iOS or like any development, um, take a look. I mean, this is this is nice. I, I tried that myself, uh, and there are a couple of third-party lessons created for the Swift playgrounds and. Uh, if you want like to be more developer like the developer developer you have swift playgrounds on the mac too so you can like go through that on the mac as well and um, that also that also happens and um personally i'd like to see more people coming into development i mean this is um that that helps that helps a lot even if you're not going to be developer later on you can probably do something for yourself just to uh, si simplify some things which you do on your like regular job, and uh, that could be your uh, like I don't know pet project happening uh, uh, on on weekends. Who, who knows? And and I know a lot of people who who started learning the development later on in in their career and switched to the development and like become like, professional developers. So that that also happens. Yeah, that works. That works. Also, I think that even if you are not ready to be a developer they just for, especially for kids they're just something new for them something interesting which can help them later and probably instead of i don't know uh calculating some stuff in excel or uh like uh, just manually with a calculator they can write a program why not right right and it, it's nice that apple focused on this uh when they released swift so it was kind of hard to uh, teach somebody uh, Objective C. Like it was really hard. I, I I did that myself in my career. I mean, like I started with that. <laughs> I learned Objective C myself, and then um, uh, I like did the course within my company to help other become iOS developers, and that was hard. I mean, really, trust me, that was not easy, and I think that's still not easy. And with Swift, that's a lot easier, and with tools like Swift Playgrounds, that's much easier. And uh, you can still have something like Stanford's uh, iOS development uh, course that like still valid and very important for probably most iOS developers. But uh, years now, how how this works? Still, yeah, I remember yeah. that I started learning uh, iOS development from this course, and it's, it's still available. It still works up to date. It's still up to date. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean. Definitely. And by the way, if you are looking into like, I'm already a developer, but I don't know how to code for the iOS, uh, Stanford's CS193P, that's something for you. We will 
put that into description. That's something definitely worth checking out. That's the best course out there, and it's free. Like, nothing, no downsides. <laughs> Just yeah. simply like start and uh, and go with that. Okay, um, let's move on. So let's talk about some privacy stuff. So right. Okay. By the way, I remember that you had some uh, oh, AirTags. Am I right? Right. Yeah, and I'm using them day to day. I'm never uh, had a moment where I uh, lost something and I needed to um, like to use them to locate the things. But it's good that I still have that in my backpack and uh, in my wallet, and um, so I kind of and on my keys, for example. That's something I, I have them set set up for me right now. And this is just as, as an insurance. You need it once. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this one case for, like, is very important. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we are digressing a little bit. So we want to discuss <laughs> this situation that uh, so there before the release of AirTags, there were a company called Tile who did the same right. product, the same hardware product, and uh, it was uh, bought by Life three sixty, right? And right. Accidentally, we found that this so the buyer of Tile. Uh, were, like they sell the user location data, so right. they, yeah. Now now they have this information about uh, users, just devices or keys or other stuff. And they can sell more data. Profitable purchase, really really cool. Right, it's nice place. Exactly. But users, I think they won't be happy with this. And by the way, um, like the tile has a like significant user base, so it's a, it's an interesting product. It was available before AirTags were released, and um, they quite popular. And like, I don't know. I mean, um, by the way, one one thing we need to mention that Life three sixty doesn't make this as something hidden. They have that in privacy policy somewhere, like between other points, like the usually with small print of, of the whole thing? Probably not. But again, this is something they declare. But who reads those things, right? <laughs> but what their business is, what they're selling. Well, selling your data. No, to no, no. Like, for, for us. Data. So I, I just don't know. Sorry. So, yeah. Know. Yeah. So uh, Life360 helps you locate... Um, uh, like your friends. Uh, like It helps you locate people, typically. It's and... Uh, like. Yes, and yeah, they need to make money, and therefore they are not helping just you to locate the people, but also everybody, almost everybody, like virtually everyone. Yeah, if, if you well, don't pay for service, that, you're yeah. the service. Exactly, and they say that the data is anonymized and everything. Yes, probably, but come on. I mean, like your data is for sale, and that's 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 bad. That's, that's yeah, really, we remember really, this information really from Strava that... Yeah, yeah, it's anonymized, but still, people can see where secret U.S. Army bases yes. are located. <laughs> so right, thank because... you. It's anonymized. Cool. Right. Um. So again, if you are using Tile, uh, just know about that. Maybe consider switching to Apple. They don't sell the data, and um, like at least the, the privacy it. policy doesn't say so. Yeah. And um, well, I don't know. That's 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 sad. I mean, really, really sad. And uh, on the other hand, Apple published one thing uh, on the Android, so they have one more Android app. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 
This app actually helps Android users to prevent tracking. So um, this app scans for unwanted air tags nearby the Android users. And there are a couple of things here. First thing is good, which is basically they uh, they will show the air tag which is separated from the owner. Basically, like if somebody put air tag to you and uh, went away. Um, and the second thing, which is probably not that good, that you need to explicitly launch an app right now and scan for these unwanted uh, air tags. It will not do that in the background automatically. Maybe this will be uh, later, uh, like in future release, but at least there is something um, which Android users could use to, like, if they suspect that they are being tracked using the air tags. And by the way, air tags have a um, feature to uh, beep if they are traveling with somebody uh, for a long time separated from the owner. So they, they, the air tag itself will try to do something to, to notify the, uh, the user. But um, this, uh, this Android app will help people who are not part of the Apple ecosystem to detect these things. At least it's a good good step for Apple. Hopefully they will make the detection more uh, streamlined and you will not need to launch an app explicitly. Um, but that makes life a little bit easier for Android users, I think. Like, good, good step in the proper direction. Yeah, just so release a product and then make a dirty hug for it just to make it work properly. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, we have a couple more updates. Um... No, oh, well, we have a lot of those updates now. Oh, yes. Um, oh. <laughs> let, let's, let's do that quick. Uh, these are uh, more concerning those who are interested if you should do something on the, on the um, I don't know, payments, everything, um, like which platform to start using when you are uh, developing applications. So if you are talking about the laptops, uh, or sorry, tablets, let's start with that. And... Uh, iPad sales keep growing uh, in this year, and while the the whole market for tablet market declining, uh, iPads are still looking quite good in uh, third quarter of uh, 2021. So um, uh, these are these stats coming from Europe, and uh, that seems that uh, basically, um, well, iPads are still good, and uh, they are better than competition right now, even including uh, Windows uh, tablets. So if you're thinking about creating an app for a um, tablet, that probably you need to consider iPad first. So that's Do this for uh, us, kind please. of... We, we are heavy users of iPads. Right, right. And uh, yeah, and uh, if you're doing that, just maybe think about using the iPad features like, I don't know, uh, pencil support, uh, maybe some other things like uh, quick note support using user activity or something something which split will make screen. your app split screen again. Yes, so, something which is make will make your app like good citizen on the iPad. So that, that's probably a good thing to do. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so wow. So it says that so we have a news that uh, Apple Silicon Macs are quickly taking enterprise share. So right, fact that so uh, <laughs> this is a report wow. from uh, Jump. They they're saying that now uh, like some enterprises they're starting acquiring more and more um, Apple Silicon Macs and giving this to their employees, and that's good. That's good because I. I personally, I would love to have uh, my like uh, company's uh, laptop to be a, a M1 Pro laptop. Yes. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, I think that I, I, it would be interesting to compare, uh, for example, if you migrate your uh, like um, uh, a lot of Intel Macs or Intel PCs to M1 MacBooks, for example, MacBook Airs or maybe those 13-inch MacBook Pros, will it help you to save something on the electricity bill? <laughs> Like, maybe I don't know. Maybe it, in if you have a lot of those machines, that might be a significant change. Probably I don't know. Like that's that's something doesn't. Uh, I don't. I didn't see any stats on that, but that might be interesting. Right, come on, everyone is working from home. This is the empl- uh, employee's problem. <laughs> Not <the> employee. <laughs> right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we 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 will see those stats probably later. Uh, hopefully, we will see something later. <laughs> Be back to please. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So App Store Awards 2021 winners are announced. I checked the list very quick, and the only app that I know, not only using, I, I don't know how to use it, but I know is um, like a weather carrot. Am I right? Like this. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's it's nice. It's beautiful. I haven't bought it for some reason because I don't need it. Uh, Apple since Apple bought uh, Dark Sky. That's two or three years right. ago, now uh, with the iOS 15 uh, native uh, weather app is awesome. No native app for iPads still. Thank you, Apple. Ooh. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, I have widget. It's okay for me. Yeah, but still, yeah. It, it really looks nice and screenshots for it. Yeah, and jokes from their robot is cool. But, yeah, and uh, like really good job. Uh, Carrot weather is is something. Um, Worth checking out. I mean, again, yes, I don't get it. I, I don't. I didn't buy that because mostly I'm not into weather much. But the 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 weather is oh the 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 carrot weather uh, app is really nice and uh, that's great. They got their uh, app store reward that well deserved. I, I think you okay. will need it yeah. as soon as you migrate to M1 Mac. So you will need to know when you should uh, take your old uh, i9. <laughs> <laughs> from the shelf. <laughs> right. Yeah, probably. Okay, uh, fair enough. Speaking of App Store, um, there is a report from Sensor Tower uh, which um, evaluated spending on the mobile apps in 2021. And that's $133 billion. <laughs> and the split actually, like, not not too surprising. Uh, split is um, $85 billion. Uh, goes to App Store and for almost 48 billion goes to Google Play. So again, if you're considering paid features for your app, consider going through the, through the App Store first, uh, like prioritizing the Apple platform probably will be a good thing here. Like, However, seems to still, be. I thought it would be much, much more difference between them, but still just twice. Yeah, so and the Unexpected. I really yeah, so like. I since at the beginning I thought that people on Android they just don't buy anything, but that's probably not truth now. So they pay money. That's really yeah. Cool. I mean, I think there is one thing here. Like everybody says, like the Android has a uh, like big user base. Probably yes, they have a lot of devices, and not all of those devices are capable of purchasing anything. So that might be a device which is just runs Android, but even doesn't have a store for the applications. That's also the case. And um, 
they also might be the devices which are like used as something which will not require something to be like to, to buy something again there might be you for example your tv might have an android installed but you will still be using for example apple tv or like if you are into amazon things you will have something like fire tv from amazon or whatever and yeah, uh, I have, therefore yeah, i have a smart home uh, panel in my home and i see that it's running android but i still cannot <laughs> install something to there but i don't need it right Right, so it's um, it, it, it's something which like we need to compare probably the active user base which actually does purchases. In in that case, it would be interesting to compare like how much people actually buy stuff on Android and iOS. If we take the like basically the users, like the real users of the devices. Um, Sorry, Android folks, we'll but still you are doing a really great great job on doing applications. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but the spendings are like like almost twice for uh, for the App Store, right? Okay. Okay. Probably the final uh, stuff from yeah. uh, today. So Apple Wallet now supports room keys with some high hotels, and this is this is something just uh, so cool. I want I don't know. I want to have a key for my office on my Apple Watch or iPhone. I just want this so hard. And they had in some of their presentation of new Apple Watch or probably some WWDC when they just uh, yeah. show it like I tap it here and uh, enter to the room uh, with the uh, Apple Watch. I need this, please, 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 Apple. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's make this like general availability for businesses, for not just for hotels, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like really, that would be really, really helpful. Yeah, and that would <sighs> be much more yeah. safe rather than just having some... Uh, uh, some physical card which you can lost. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. If, if your Apple Watch is locked, your iPhone is locked with a Face ID, that's safer, as I think, than just letting Probably, everyone yeah. use your card as it. True. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we have one more uh, update on uh, App Store. <laughs> and uh, that relates basically to um, the idea of how you can customize your uh, product pages. So you can now have a couple of different product pages for the App Store apps, and you can they will have different URLs, and you can advertise them separately. And that basically means you can now run A/B tests on your App Store pages, featuring one feature of the application, like featuring a feature, okay, <laughs> and uh, or another. So you can like basically highlight something in one uh, description and see if that uh, gets you more um, downloads or not. So that's something new and uh, interesting if you are into making those things. So basically you will, you will need to uh, have a lot of uh, energy put into that if you're like, Need to understand what exactly users are looking from your application if if they are going uh, not through the like basically web where it was advertised, but rather going to App Store, looking for something, opening it there, and then like reading, for example, the description or watching your screenshots which you provide, and then and decide to. Uh... That worked the same, I think. Yeah. I remember it was so. It it took about seven or eight years years for uh, Apple to understand that they should do this because I remember such service from some guys from Belarus who did this. Like uh, they provide you with a, 
uh, web page where you can customize, make it similar to App Store page, and then just when you tap get it, so it will direct you to App Store. And yeah, there they had these A/B testing features where you just check everything. Thanks, Apple. Finally, seven years. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I would be interested to see how it works. I mean, like if uh, that really solves the problem. We'll, we'll see. I mean, um, if you're into into this um, app store optimization, so you have no native tools have uh, from that from Apple, so you can you can do that. Yeah. Okay. Um. I I think that would be it for today. We we honestly hoped, or well, maybe not hoped, but we honestly thought that this will be short episode, like less than half an hour, probably. Uh, no luck this time, <laughs> and. Uh, we we might need to announce that next episode might not be happening on Tuesday. We are currently working to invite some special guests for our next episode. That will be just before the new year. And we hopefully announce it a little bit earlier to like so you will all have time to like get okay, to that episode because scary. that might be really, really interesting and that will be should be definitely should be fun. So uh, keep an eye on our updates, announces. Um, we will uh, come with those uh, a little bit later. And uh, as of now, thank you for coming to our podcast or listening to us. Uh, rate us some in podcasting app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it is the time. It's like last days of the year. Like probably the best time to analyze which you like. How, did you like the podcast for for the during this year? Like put your rating there. Uh, Write us a review. That would be really, really helpful. And uh, with that, we will see you in two weeks, but we will announce the date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone. See you thank in you. two weeks plus Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye.